Welcome to the Share Groupie Podcast, where we share ideas on how to help businesses grow and prosper in the online world. Join host, Chief Share Groupie, Claire Sandbrook, as she discusses her digital journey and how Share Group is helping thousands to keep their business flowing and growing. Here on the Share Groupie Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Share Groupie Podcast. It's Claire here, um, talking today to my friend Priya, um, who's part of my LinkedIn network. And we're going to be talking about landlords and issues affecting landlords, because Priya is a um, landlord and tenant and commercial property specialist. So welcome to the podcast, Priya. How are you today? Very well, thank you, Claire. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. You're welcome. Now, just remind us, um, you're with Clyde & Co. Yes, okay. as a senior litigation associate at Clyde & Co. Yes. Okay. So that's that's one of the biggest law firms in the country. And it's a huge law firm across the world. So um, it'd be very interesting to hear what you've got to say today, how you find the commercial property market, which, of course, has been in turmoil, right, because of the pandemic. Well, exactly right. Yes. Yeah, of course. So um, because we um, carry out the forfeiture of leases, as, as, as you know, I'm a high court enforcement officer. So mm-hmm. my team um, carry out the forfeiture of leases as enforcement agents. Um, do commercial landlords still have the right to forfeit a lease? Yes, commercial landlords have a right to forfeit a lease due to non-payment of rent. However, it is an onerous option. For solely commercial leasehold premises, landlords do have a right to forfeit a lease by peaceable re-entry without the need of serving a notice. If the landlord wishes to rely on other grounds, either a loan or in addition to rent arrears, and forfeit for breach of covenant or conditions, the landlord is still required to serve a Section 146 notice and provide the tenant with a reasonable opportunity to comply. However, tenants will almost always be granted relief from forfeiture if they apply to court and pay any arrears either before the hearing of an application for relief or as a condition of the relief being granted. However, the tenant will usually be ordered to pay the landlord's cost for making the application as well. There are some statutory restrictions, Claire, and some landlords may have impliedly waived their right to forfeit without realising. So I would always say that professional advice should always be taken before a landlord attempts to exercise their right to forfeit. Um, it should always be sought to confirm whether the arrears are protected rent debts as exercising a right to forfeit against this type of arrear would be wrongful. Yeah. I mean, it's a bit of a minefield for landlords, isn't it, in terms of, um, you know, we always, I mean, we get inquiries um, as Sure Group about this situation and we always guide landlords to take advice, legal advice, yes. not to make down the pub advice. Exactly. <laughs> Someone like Precisely right. <laughs> yes. You know, that is actually going to know what the law is and where they stand with the, the lease document and, and what is and isn't permissible, either under yes. the lease or under statute, which is what you're saying, isn't it? So Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. So um, Priya's out there for commercial landlords helping them navigate this this minefield but please do not take your advice in your own hands and then make I mean what can happen Priya do you see landlords taking a wrong step on this and and it's it's people do try to do it on their own on their own terms and it can be a very costly exercise so it really is preferred 
to go to a solicitor, sit down and pay, pay you know, you've got to pay, but you, you, you get your money's worth when you know exactly what to do. And it can be, you know, a lot cheaper in the long run. Exactly right. Now, are there other ones? I mean, we obviously we have a big landlord community in Share Group. Sure. Um, and um, I mean, they're always asking us, you know, are there other ways to recover rent arrears? What do, what do you say about that? I say yes. Uh, another enforcement method of recording rent arrears, sorry, recovering rent arrears is commercial rent arrears recovery, or also known as CRA. CRA is often seen as a diluted version of the common law remedy distress, which was abolished in April 2018. Uh, it's a process which allows an enforcement agent to take control of a tenant's good, goods and sell them to recover the arrears. However, there are requirements and restrictions which must be followed. For example, this only applies to principal rent, VAT and interest can only be used for commercial properties, not mixed use premises. Prior to CRA, the tenant must be given notice and the prescribed method of sale must be followed. There are many administrative and practical challenges involved with CRA and so many commercial landlords prefer to exercise other enforcement options where possible. Yes. Well, again, CRA is, is well known to us. Um, and yes. again, um, uh, on the on advice with a solicitor, um, somebody like you can help them pick through the, the minefield of what is and is not recoverable under CRA. Again, and this is particularly true, I, I guess, in big cities um, like London, but um, can landlords recover arrears where premises have been sublet? Yes, they can. Where a tenant, and we'll refer, the, refer to them as the immediate tenant, has sublet their premises and they are in the and they are in re, an arrears of rent, the landlord can use the CRA procedure. The CRA provides a superior landlord a right to serve a notice on the subtenant, requiring the subtenant to pay their rent directly to the superior landlord to the extent of the arrears due from the immediate tenant. Right. This right falls under Section 81 of the Tribunal Courts and Enforcement Act 2007. Enforcement agents cannot seize the goods of subtenants or third parties in relation to the immediate tenants' arrears, however. Okay, good. Good to see the Tribunal Courts and Enforcement Act of 2007 being quoted because I was very involved in the, the sort of uh, framework for high court enforcement at that time in my case ah. solicitor and yeah. uh, and so I'm um, good to see that it's being utilized <laughs> 15 years on um, just just to add to that Claire if I could yeah if if the subtenant fails to make payment of the arrears to the superior landlord uh, there are other remedies the landlord may be able to exercise under CRA it's it is important to know that a landlord can only serve a valid section 81 notice on the subtenant where they are able to exercise CRA against its immediate tenant a similar notice is required but the landlord must give the subtenant 14 days as opposed to seven against the immediate land, uh, immediate okay. tenant okay. I mean another factor when considering this med method is that since the commercial rent coronavirus act 2022 what a mouthful it is oh. less likely that a landlord would be able to recover the sum which would otherwise be due under a head lease following a reduction or write-off by an arbitration from a subtenant under section 81. Mm. Yes, the good old coronavirus regulations um, yes. absolutely made uh, mince me of um, a, a landlord's portfolio. Um, I know it was a difficult time for everybody, but landlords really copped it. I mean, are you seeing landlords coming back from that now? Is that something you're seeing? I hope you are. Because, yeah, we are. We are seeing them come back slowly but surely. Yes, yeah. we are. 
Yeah, it's a, it's a very difficult, I think, you know, obviously it had a huge impact on the world and um, mm. huge impact on on property um, and, and you know, landlords having to make decisions about their portfolios and, and, and you know, the changing face of people working from home and remote working. I mean, it's, it's changed the property market probably forever um, in terms of where landlords are at. I agree. I really Good do. to hear they're coming back. Yes. So... Um, I mean, yes, you talked uh, about uh, enforcement remedies for landlords. Um, can I mean, do you advocate commercial landlords being able to issue debt proceedings to recover arrears? Yeah, I mean, landlords may have the option to enter into debt proceedings and apply for a summary judgment. Uh, just a little bit, a little bit about summary judgment. A summary judgment is where a party applies for a decision of a claim where the defendant has no real prospect of defending the claim. This may be appropriate where there are rent arrears and the lease sets out that the tenant is not entitled to ex- not entitled to exercise a right to set off deduction or counterclaim. A rent arrears claim with an application for summary judgment can be a very appealing option for landlords, especially mm-hmm. where the landlord does not have the right to forfeit for three main reasons. Firstly. It is relatively quick and and an inexpensive option. An application for summary judgment can usually be determined in less than six months. And so it'll be quicker and less expensive than a full trial, for example. Mm. Secondly, the general rule on costs for litigation is that the losing party has to pay the costs or a portion of the costs that the winning party has incurred. Therefore, if the landlord is successful in their summary judgment application, their costs are often paid by the tenant. This is subject to the tenant's uh, solvency, of course, and and ability to pay the cost, which is always something you should check from the outset. Finally, even if the summary judgment application is refused, the court will often instead order the tenant to pay a sum of money into the court for security. This money is secured, yeah, Mm -hmm. and if the tenant is later ordered to pay the rent arrears, there'll be money available even if the tenant is no longer solvent. So that's a good one. Uh, again, I should always caveat this by saying landlords should always seek professional advice to ensure that the arrears are not protected rent debt, as otherwise the court is likely to issue a stay of proceedings. Mm. Well, again, it's a it's a bit of a tactical game, isn't it, by landlords in litigation, um, and, and 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 knowing you know which buttons to push with their tenants. Uh, summary judgment is uh, a big button to push. Yes. Um, and um, if it gets the right outcome, it's a it's a smart button to push. But it does all depend. And I, you know, uh, I've been in and around enforcement for a long time. It, it's all about that solvency of the tenant, isn't it? Um, I mean, the last I, thing you want, Claire, is going out, going out, going for a person that's, uh, you know, man of straw, as they like to call it. Yeah, it's absolutely right. Um, and, um, you know, so always, again, take advice on that and be guided by your lawyers in terms of are you suing somebody that's actually going to be able to pay you if, if and when you win yeah, <laughs> as opposed exactly. to not having a, a tuppence me to, to be able to pay you. Absolutely. Um, now, what about some um, landlords who, now they're going to be landlords, who've had former tenants or they've had guarantors. Yeah. And that's... they've mm. been left high and dry and it's not been paid. Great question. Yeah, great question. I mean, yes, landlords may be able to recover rent arrears and other sums due under the lease from former tenants and their guarantors. There are strict timescales on when they can be used. There are lots of rules around this, Claire, but to briefly summarise, if the lease is an old lease, 
which is one granted prior to the 1st of January 1996, the landlord can recover from the original or any former tenant that is given a direct covenant to be liable for the remainder of the term. If the lease is a new lease, which is one granted on or after the 1st of January 96, a landlord can recover arrears from the former tenant if they have had an authorised guarantee agreement, also known as an AGA or an AGA, or if the guarantor has guaranteed the performance of one. Under either a new or old lease, the landlord must first serve a formal Section 17 notice in a prescribed form within six months of a fixed charge falling due. Fixed charges include rent, service charges and other liquidated sums due under a lease, plus any interest too. Landlords may lose their right to pursue previous tenants if they do not serve a valid notice within six months. So that's very, very important to get the timescales completely right. Uh, it's important that landlords are aware that if a previous tenant pays the sums set out in section seven in a Section 17 notice, an overriding lease is created. This is a new lease which converts the existing tenant into a subtenant and allows the former tenant to pursue the existing tenant for debt, including by seeking to forfeit the lease. Landlords must first consider whether they are happy for the former tenant to be a tenant under the new overriding lease. So it can get very, very tricky at this point. Mm. Um, and I think finally, I think a thing to mention is the Commercial Rent Coronavirus Act 2022 aims to prevent landlords to recover any balance from former tenants or any guarantors where the amount has already been written off. So the Act has done this by setting out that former liable tenants or guarantors of the tenants' obligation to pay rent are not liable for non-payment of an amount written off by an arbitral award or failure to pay an amount under the terms of the award before it falls due. In addition, a person other than the tenant liable to pay rent on an indemnity basis is not liable to pay any unpaid protected rent written off by the award or pay any amount payable under the terms of the under the terms before it falls due under those terms. So it, it can get very, very tricky at this point. Are you seeing a lot of rent being written off um, as a result of the coronavirus regulations and the arbitration? I mean, we've got a we've got a very large portfolio of landlords. Some are writing them off and some are being very insistent in pursuing them. So we've got a very mixed bag at the moment of people. It does come down to, I suppose, personality types and people's appetite to litigate. So it, you get a varied bunch when it comes down to things like that. Hmm. Well, as a fellow solicitor, I'll just say this: I, I never like to see money written off. Yeah, <laughs> I, I can, I can, I can feel that. <laughs> but hey, always take your own advice. Um, exactly. Always take your own advice. Um, so, what about existing guarantors? I mean, are they on the hook for landlords' rent arrears as well? Um, and we're talking about commercial putting that in the commercial setting are they on the hook for that uh the new act did not on the face of it prevent the recovery of rent from existing guarantors therefore landlords may be able to recover rent arrears or other sums due under the lease where there is a third party guarantor and it will be likely it will likely be dependent on the wording of a guarantee agreement yeah. but landlords must read the wording of the guarantee carefully to determine whether liability has been triggered and whether there are any steps to be taken by the landlord there are often terms in the guarantee where the landlord can only pursue the guarantor after a specified period of passed or after the tenant has been pursued however well-drafted agreements may provide the landlord the option to require the guarantor to take over the lease and even backdate the lease so it is worthwhile reading the guarantee agreement in in detail and again you can help somebody step through all of this legislation 
to make yeah. sure they're on the right side of it. Exactly, because it is a quite frankly, it is a minefield. Mm. <laughs> and I address those comments not only to um, I address them to fellow lawyers because I see a lot of lawyers come through Share Group who are asking us for guidance on this type of thing. Um, I also address it to property managers, letting mm-hmm. agents, estate agents, um, anybody involved, as well as landlords themselves, um, who may be going to other um, individuals for advice. You can mm-hmm. just hear from mm-hmm. what Priya is telling us that this is a, a, a statutory minefield of, of steps that have to be taken, right? You know the minefield, so you're good. You can take a client. Yeah. But for the for the uninitiated my advice would be don't try and do this on your own at home. <laughs> Take advice because it, it, it could it could screw you up. Yeah. You take the right you don't take the right step at the right time. You might lose something that you know valuable. Uh, and Absolutely. I mean if there's one thing they can all take away from today's podcast is is that very piece of advice. <laughs> yeah. I I, I I think it's good that you're spelling out the statutory side of it. Just how how I'm not saying complex, but it's a it's a process. Hmm. You've got to know. You've got to be. You've got to know. You've got to be familiar and understand the process, haven't you? Which obviously you do as an expert. Hmm. Um, but you know, you must meet a lot of clients, lay clients who are in the property game, but they just don't understand the. Com- yeah. And and it's and it's not anybody's fault. And we have had a plethora of legislation come our way in the yeah. last two to three years. So it's been hard for litigators to get on top of it, let alone lay clients, as you say. So yeah. it really is, you know, a collaborative approach at this point where we listen to the client, they tell us what they know, what they think should happen, and we chime in and say, look, this is what the law is saying and this is how we want to apply it to you. So yeah. I would always I always think two heads are better than one anyway. Yeah, yeah. Now, so we've we've talked about rent arrears. Um, of course, the other very valuable thing in 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 the recovery of rent arrears and other um, money due under a lease um, is interest and costs. So, how does that work? Can landlords charge interest and recover costs? Yeah, I mean, there were no restrictions imposed on accruing interest on unpaid sums, nor were there any restrictions for the landlord to recover any costs from its tenant, which they are entitled to recover under the terms of their lease. Commercial leases often provide that the tenant will be liable for the landlord's costs incurred for serving certain notices, and we mentioned a 146 earlier, or for costs incurred following a tenant's breach. These costs are usually claimed as a debt by the landlord and added to rent demands. However, I should note that if a claim goes to court, the court is able to rule against this provision and make their own decision on which party pays the costs. When considering whether interest can be claimed, I always advise landlords to seek professional advice as arbitrations can always can award relief from payments, which may include reductions in interest arising from a protected period. Provisions in the lease cannot be applied to costs incurred in connection with arbitration. Yeah, so again, quite a bit to take on board there in terms of what can and cannot be done. Now, the other sort of nuclear option, I guess, um, is that landlords submit a winding up or bankruptcy petition against their tenant, which means they're really cheesed off uh, and it sounds like there's no way back. And it's, it's certainly a, a tactic, a severe tactic to make people sit up and pay attention to what's happening. But so yes. it's possible, it, you know, winding up and, and bankruptcy petitions, where do, you, where, where do the clients stand on that? 
Well, during the pandemic, there were provisions which prevented winding up petitions in all but a few circumstances. Yeah. Uh, these re- regulations lapsed on the 31st of March 2022. However, there are new prohibi- prohibitions on presenting a winding up or bankruptcy order petition solely in relation to protected rent debt. Again, I would advise that professional advice is sought to determine whether the sums due are protected rent debts. There is also a moratorium which has ha- which has the effect of a temporary prohibition where the matter has been referred to arbitration and the prohibition may stop depending on what the arbitra- arbitrator awards. This morator- moratorium provides that no proposal for a CVA, IVA or I- application for an interim order which relates to the whole or part of the debt may be made. Okay, so again, just you know, be aware of, of the statutory changes that have been going on and coming off um yeah parliamentary draftsmen must have a, had a fun time during 2020 2021 creating all this new legislation um and, and what about landlords protecting their voting rights on a cba yeah great question so where landlords agree concessions with tenants landlords should ensure that any side letter recording such agreements makes provision for those agreements to automatically terminate where, wherever a proposal for a cva is submitted to creditors um landlords voting rights will be by reference to the full rent and other sums due onto the lease um this will be relevant to landlords where disputes regarding protected rent debts are negotiated or settled as opposed to being referred to arbitration a downside is that settlement of the of the protected rent debt is dependent on the tenant's future solvency which of course as we've learned can be very unpredictable yes so i think the lessons to take away from this podcast um are um take this seriously this this situation of recovering commercial rent in this post-pandemic environment take expert advice don't try to try to do this on your own because um unless you're legally qualified and you can hear the 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 expertise that Priya is outlining today unless you can really navigate this uh, area of the law um you could you know you could become unstuck um and uh people like Priya will have to dig you out even further so (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so I think it's a it, it's a it's a good reminder in this uh, post pandemic period uh, when we're all trying to get back to normal, right? Period. I mean, you must see clients trying to get desperate to get back to normal with their property portfolios and their uh, you know their, their tenants uh, trying to get everything on an even keel after a difficult couple of years. Yeah, yeah. That's I mean that's literally their objective um, just to get back on foot and to return to some form of normality. Which, um, which, and, and just to put this whole period behind them and and start making money again, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Which, uh, which we we want to support everybody in being able to do that. Now, yes. you're a senior property litigator at Clyde and Co. Um, your 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 firm is well, very well known in legal circles, and I'm sure in commercial circles. Um, and um, so you know your website, ClydeCo.com. Um, and you can find you. You're on LinkedIn. Um, are you active on LinkedIn? Do you get get involved? I'm, yeah, I'm quite active on LinkedIn. I mean, you can find my details on LinkedIn, or you could just go to the website itself, and you know, you'll yeah. see my details there. But I'm I'm really accessible, and um, people should be able to find me if they want to find me. Well, we'll put all of your details in our show notes uh, to the podcast, so that people will be able to keyword search you and find you um, uh, through through the podcast. Um, as it goes out 
Um, so thank you so much, Priya, for taking part today. It's great to meet you. Um, and um, for everybody else who's listened in today, um, I hope you know, you're in a good place if you are a commercial landlord. Um, you can check out our website at sharegroup.com for all of our enforcement solutions. Um, and you can check out our updates on all of our socials as well. Uh, we tend to be pretty much anywhere where landlords are going to be hanging out these days trying to support you guys um, through this difficult period. So that's it for us on this podcast. Thank you so much again, Priya. Thanks to everyone for tuning in. And um, we look forward to talking to you again and our next guest in the not too distant future. Thanks. Thank you, Claire. Thank, Thank you, Priya. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Share Groupie podcast. To join our Share Groupie community, subscribe by going to our website at www.sharegroup.com. Keep up with the latest Share Group news across all our main channels, including YouTube, LinkedIn, and across all social media. Stay connected and begin building more business relationships.